So good evening, everybody. Um, can you hear me okay? Um, I'll endeavor to keep my voice up. I know I can get soft, so just wave at me or holler or something if you can't hear. So as I mentioned this morning, I want to offer some reflections around the theme of the, the hindrances, the five hindrances. And... Um, interesting it, it, it came up today in conversation with some of you <laughs> not surprising really but one thing I you know n- nice to have met a lot of you by now not everybody but a sense of, of a lot of admiration for you I mean I think anybody who does a retreat deserves a medal really but also the sense of hearing you you know, just working with your experience in different ways and being willing to bear with, you know, the vagaries of the mind and the pains in the body and, you know, just that willingness to explore and to kind of, you know, take suggestions and ideas from the teachings and draw on what you already know as well, you know, and I just... I think, yeah, we. There's just sense of gladness and appreciation and a kind of admiration and a kind of thankfulness, really, for your willingness, you know, to 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 be in this process, which is as you, is kind of wonderful and strange and challenging and rewarding and mysterious and so yeah um, same same for us really the, for me even the process of you know, teaching retreat it's, it's also full of uh, similar kinds of, of senses um, that sense of finding our way together and you know finding our way on our own you know both so got that sense from talking to people and I wanted to share some different, some similes from the Buddha and some different teachings around this theme. So I hope you can listen. Um, oh, I've lost my place now. Oh no. You might have to sit here for a while. Well, oh, here we are. Um, oh, what was I going to say? What was I just saying? Um, oh gosh. Right, thank you. Similes of the Buddha, yeah. Got some nice ones to share. And <laughs> some teachings from other teachers, thank you. Yeah, just that sense of inviting you to listen so that you can, you know, grounded, spacious, just see what resonates, see what kind of, in a way, as you're listening now from inside the retreat, in a way, you're in your process, you're in, you know, so listening and from how you are right now, you know, just to, um, yeah, hear what might be relevant or, or helpful. And feel that. We keep using that word, don't we? Feel, felt sense. So um, often when I give a talk on this topic, I share a particular poem and I thought, well, why not? It's 
probably one that, that you're familiar with, perhaps. And I just love it. So I hope, yeah, in terms of a kind of a simile or metaphor, which seems relevant to our theme by the great Sufi poet Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a, as a guide from beyond. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So that's the talk in a nutshell, really, <laughs> in a way. I don't know if you know that poem. I, I always, whenever I read it, I feel very moved. And I had this sense of wanting to um, touch into that sense of um, what, what can happen what what can happen when we find ways of wisely, compassionately uh, relating to what is difficult? So I don't know if that you know that maybe that's kind of a Dharma truism. You know, I can remember probably way back till the beginning of my practice and hearing my teacher Christina Feldman you know, say, turn towards what's difficult. I'm going, oh, blimey, <laughs> how do you do that? And it doesn't sound quite right to me. <laughs> but this, this something about, and I'm hearing it a bit in the conversations with you today and yesterday, like this sense of the power of, 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 of being with, and how counterintuitive or counterhabitual or counter a lot of our yeah tendencies you know with what's difficult so uh, there's something yeah just to get that sense of the possibility and, and not just in the distant future but you know moment kind of oh, oh a little bit more room for something And, you know, on a technical level, sometimes we talk about the hindrances and the factors of awakening sort of paired up and you get sort of this sense of the energy that's, that's um, 
So by bringing mindfulness and investigation to the hindrances, it's like the energy of the hindrances starts to flow into the awakening factors. If that makes any sense. So it's, that's the theory, but this kind of sense of, of energy being kind of drawn into the more wholesome, helpful factors, you know, through the wise attention, through the kindness, through the making space for, that that actually is um, fueling the awakening factors, which we don't often realize because we're so like, oh, working with this, working with that. And actually, there's a lot of energy, isn't there, caught up in our difficulties and the way we relate to them, and that sort of sense of the energy is taken away from them. Anyway, that's one kind of image of fueling and defueling or feeding. Sometimes you get that's the, the sense of feeding and non-feeding, feeding the hindrances or kind of taking their food away. Like what are they feeding on? And you can sort of gently just remove that. So also wanted to share a teaching from Thich Nhat Hanh um, on this, the, p- the potential, and that with another image, another, me- another simile or metaphor. Let's, let's not get into discussing the difference between a simile and a metaphor because we've done that and we still don't know. Um, <laughs> if we are aware of the paradise around us, it is because we have tasted suffering and we have learned how to practice with it and how to transform it into happiness. And it touches on um, what Jaya mentioned about compost. Can you talk about compost? And the, the gardening sort of metaphor and that energy and that. So something about that possibility and that alchemy and maybe we have some experience of that um, in small ways or big ways Um, yeah so um, let's see so um The hindrances, um, the word, the Pali word nivarana apparently translates more uh, accurately or closely to obscuration, some ve- a veiling, a covering. So again, in, in terms of different images or similes, I think like if you're experiencing something as a, say an obstacle, don't mean hindrance, something hinders, it's like it's big, thing in the path or something like that you've got to move it or climb over it like what difference does it make again in your direct experience if you say well what if this was something more like a a veil right or an obscuration something is obscured like there's something not being seen and known is that as I say that I can f- it feels different, like maybe there's still something, but that sense of there's something 
veiling or obscuring. Like I'm not able to see what needs, you know, s- what what needs to be seen. Um, so, um, mm, yeah, and another sort of image that I also wanted to bring in is like the the mind is described by the Buddha at some point as being the nature of mind is radiant and pure and it it is obscured by visiting defilements I'm not sure what the Pali word is but I'm kind of including it in you know hindrance or something that's difficult or not helpful so again if you just have a sense of that what if there's a kind of purity radiance of mind you know this mind that somehow is here right now but it gets kind of mm, obscured or uh, yeah kind of clouded or mm, by by visiting by states of mind or so on that that come that arise that come in that pass so for me sometimes that's a really helpful kind of starting place with the hindrances like both thinking about them but also like the experience you know because they can be so kind of kidnapping and if that's a word that's a you know, it's just you're in it. It's like your whole world, your whole mind is kind of taken over with this thing, you know, so entrapping and encompassing. So the sense of like, what, whatever it is, you know, whether it's, yeah, that what if, I guess, again, this picking up this theme of space, I have a feeling we're going to keep touching on quite a lot. So the mind is radiant, Again, that radiance, that kind of knowing, loving, kind of there's a radiance of mind, purity of mind, that's somehow still here. And here's the hindrance. And you can get a sense of it, you know, somewhere in that, in this, in that space, or. Um, somehow be- sort of making it harder to see what's what's happening but you can kind of sense there's this quality or there's this sense of if I if I remember kind of nature of mind it's like ah so hindrance is just another you know, phenomena, kind of visiting, rising and passing. So, so, so these hindrances, different kinds, can be so deluding, filter perception, you know, you, 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 it feels like it may, it make it, it sort of, so you, feeling aversive towards yourself some people were mentioning the inner critic and then it feels like everywhere you look 
you're doing something wrong, or you should do it better, or that wasn't very good, or you'll probably do it even worse tomorrow. <laughs> you know, yes, and it's come up, obviously, you know, many people have this, that to kind of, kind of get that sense of being able to relate to that as a, I mean, that's a more complex constellation, perhaps, but I think of it as like a, a, hind, a, hin, a hindering, a, it's the same kind of phenomena. And sometimes, you know, I think when you look at your experience, I find this, you, you think, well, which hindrance is it? Well, I don't know. You know, it could be that one or that one or three of those and a bit of something else. And so it comes in clusters or layers. Um, and that sense of just relating to, as some of you, some of you have been mentioning, just be with it. So, um, one of the one of the qualities of hindrance is I think they they tend to entangle um, and so kind of feed themselves. So, for example, with aversion, it's like it's conditioning aversion to that aversion, right? Or you, you get caught in the sense desire and then you want something else to... You, it's like the wanting feeds a wanting and there's a kind of... What's, what am I trying to... It's like a kind of mm, solipsistic thing, you know, it kind of... So they can, be, they can feel so entrapping. So that's a sign, I sort of think, clues that hindrance of some, to some degree is present. Sense of urgency is maybe another thing, you know, got to quick, get a, you know do this, do that, sort of get rid of that. Slowing down, pausing, stopping. And there's another image which maybe is sometimes helpful. Again, I was trying to, this great lake, or the Buddha gives this image of um, if a, a grain of salt, a very small amount of salt, is put into a little glass of water, it's quite salty, right? But if you put it into a big lake, the water doesn't taste salty. So, great mind, it talks about the great, you know, the mind made great, meaning big, I think, or large, right? And so many of the wholesome qualities that we're cultivating, like mindfulness and kindness and inquiry, they, they have that kind of widening quality. And the sense of then that the hindrances have much, much less kind of ability to um, kind of get going, right? So just little sort of very I I simple example one time I was on retreat been on retreat a while mind settled down quite a lot very nice pretty quiet out there in the garden actually somewhere and um, practicing and had had this suggestion that when you feel very very calm and quiet you just can try popping in a thought that would under normal circumstances or when the mind is more contracted you know, less kind of open and grounded and strong and all of that. When it's when it's open and steady and kind of calm, 
try dropping in this thought that would normally set off some kind of, you know, papancha storm or hindrance storm and see what happens. And I actually did this once with a particular thought that usually would be like, would set off a lot of fear and upset and worry and so on. And it was, I, I, I put it in and nothing happened. <laughs> it's memorable. Nothing happened. So there's just an example. It's like there's um, everything that we're doing to, you know, just be mindful and be present. It's like this is really makes a profound difference to to what happens when phenomena, when impressions are, you know, memories it can be the same words exactly, and nothing happened. And that I think. Yeah, just hopefully it's kind of an encouragement and a reminder and, um, yeah, for us to um, cultivate these wholesome qualities. Um, I remember once getting this sense of um, how a hindrance can be so, you know, something you kind of get narrowed down and fixated on it and this yuck sort of thing that you've, you get kind of like tunnel vision and you get so kind of and you lose you actually lose the resources that are really gonna uh, make a difference so yeah he hearing that of some people um, so um, let's go to the let's go to the, the the similes for the five hindrances and so I'll, 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 read, I'll read these and then maybe you could also, I'm always, I, you know, it's this interest in how does it feel to you? So, you, you know, you can hear what the simile is and then think, well, how is, how is that? How, how do I experience that? So, aversion, first hindrance. I'm doing it in a slight, anyway, the order I'm doing it in. Like, like, it's likened to uh, water that's boiling. So this is a water simile. So just have a feel of that, like aversion, all the different levels or, you know, irritation, anger, other forms of aversion sort of heating up and if you you know you've probably all looked at boiling water the word that came to me today is agitation so sometimes even very subtle aversion so it's this kind of agitation like like you know water when it's boiling it's kind of agitated isn't it So, um, sense desire is likened to dye, so water that has a coloured dye in it. So again, if you think about when you're caught in wanting or lust or, you know, craving of one sort or another for some sense contact or pleasure, you know, or pleasant fantasy or food or whatever it, you know whatever it is 
the the thing you're thinking of or the person or the whatever the substance the it it gets kind of like you're looking through this you know the, you have this rose tinted spectacle sort of thing you look through and it looks like it's you know lovely pinky wonderful whatever you know has like as if the the happiness you're looking for the satisfaction the pleasure is sort of in the object this is such a helpful helpful reflection and you, you kind of practicing it when when it's like you know not not quite so the, the desire is not quite so strong i think is helpful but what is it what what's the it's it's like a kind of um well fairy dust it's another term i've heard it's got fairy dust on it and that sense of oh you know this is this is not the chocolate like one of mine you know and i do still eat and enjoy chocolate but there was a point where i realized it was not going to make me happy really <laughs> i mean it's it sounds silly doesn't it but we all do this and there, i think there's something so powerful about it's like withdrawing the it's almost like withdrawing that sort of craving fantasy this sort of you know it's like actually allows you to enjoy it more in a more unencumbered kind of simple take it leave it i can live without it kind of way um hmm. so so again you know see see you could something you can play with when you I remember I remember once doing this at the seaside and I have this you know I love the sea and I'll go and I'm like oh it's so wonderful it's mar- it's beautiful you know it is beautiful it's like it's all there can't you see you know and my my husband looks at the sea and says well, it looks like a parking lot <laughs> I was so appalled when he first said that how shocking you know <laughs> and he was there was no <laughs> wonder marvel mystery space you know all that um and i i practiced i sat on the beach and i kind of did this thing where i i kind of let my mind move from you know wonderful marvelous awesome mysterious you know i can't live without it and yeah move through that sort of clingy wanting why the hell don't i live by the seaside you know when i'm going like i've got to do that before i die you know this kind of thing and then moving through that to more like okay see enjoy yeah here now I won't be here tomorrow okay just enjoy and then going going down a bit further to a more neutral kind of just parking lot more a sort of gray sky gray you know brown stones <laughs> it was quite eerie i can remember us being no no i don't want to i don't want to be able to see it like that that doesn't feel right yeah um but it stayed with me because i i i think there's something liberating about taking do, do, i hope that makes sense i think you know sort of seeing seeing you can actually relate very differently to the same thing and you can even train yourself to like olives just so you know if i used to really dislike olives 
And for some reason, I, I thought, at some point I'll train, I'll see if I can get myself to like them. And I did. So the unpleasant and the, you know, kind of changed. So it's very conditioned. This is very, you know, the kind of changing. And another just simple example, years ago I had this very passionate relationship to a uh, um, mushroom stroganoff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I found in a London restaurant near where I lived. And the first time I had it, it was just ecstasy. I just, this is the best thing I've ever eaten in my entire life, you know. And, um, and so I went back again and again and <laughs> again, you know, every couple of weeks or however long it was. And I think it was probably like, I don't know, the seventh or eighth visit that I thought, all right it's quite nice so that you know I, I know this this is um very trouble troubling troublesome area of, our, of many many of our lives but maybe there's some playfulness we can bring into that and just play with different parts of our life where we get a bit you know over enthusiastic and play with different ways of, of seeing. And maybe that image of dye, the dye in the water colouring. So sloth and torpor, like water full of algae. And I, it's a good image, you know, that to me very, very much resonates. It's the sense of just, it's all just full of something that's, you can't see through the water. You can't even see into the water. <laughs> it's just kind of full of this other, of this this stuff. Um, yeah. Um, so I'll, anyway, I'll keep going through them. Restlessness and worry, like wind disturbing the surface of the water. quite helpful because it's sort of on the surface. Deeper down it's okay, but still this sort of yeah, ripples on the surface. And then doubt. And this one is like muddy water in a dark place. It's like double trouble, isn't it? So doubt shall I I don't know is it this is it that should I should I move my legs should I not should I do walking should I walk should I uh, mm. yeah many this havering and wavering and it can it can really Boy, it can really cloud your vision, can't it? If we're, we're thinking about sort of not being able to see, so the water is muddied by by the. It's a lot of thought, often, isn't it? Like, uh, and then it's also in a dark place. So, 
again with with the sort of enclosing kind of you know kind of like you're you know in it you sort of that that sense of well okay we need to get this bucket of muddy water out of the cave right take it into the light and then stop stirring it up so some of these images I think really suggest what's needed so the aversion you know, the boiling water what 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 where can we bring ourselves so that cools cools things down mm. what's what's needed oh this is I've got a lot more I wanted to share so let's okay um so I wanted to share this um, way of uh, helping us remember things that help with with the hindrances, and it follows an acronym RAIN R A I N. If you don't know it, I, I keep coming back to it because I just think it's so good and so helpful. So the R stands for recognize. So this. You know, we might name it as aversion, as somebody did today, or naming it as, um, yeah, sleepiness, tiredness, um, and sometimes maybe not being sure what it is, but just kind of recognizing that something is all stirred up or something that we can still recognize things are not clear there's something happening um, and that in itself even if it's not named is, is so helpful hindrance present some form and the second the second uh, letter is a which is for accept and this there's some of what we've been sharing I think really the power of, of that accepting, allowing, uh, knowing of, of what's happening, the felt sense of it, the emotion, the, the, the sense of, again, allowing, turning towards, right? This whole kind of sense of doing the opposite, maybe of what we want, which is like to like, turn towards you know look um open open to what's here and it's kind of and then that kind of can can easily just go into the eye of investigation we're interested what's happening here what is this you know where we shift our kind of uh, attention and our mental activity from aversion and reactivity and proliferation and papancha and into kind of into more interest and a kind of friendliness a kind of befriending a kind of oh you know what's hmm and this this um i want to share a couple of teachings around this from other teachers um, Pema Chodron, wonderful teacher, who's one of whose books was my very close friend for about for quite a long time. 
um, the journey of awakening is one of continually coming up against big challenges and then learning how to soften and open. You soften and open and feel compassion for your predicament and the whole human condition. It's wonderful. It's such a... So learning how to soften and open with a challenge, with a difficulty. And so... And I was really lovely to hear this from from some of you. It's like, yeah, when when you've you you all the fixing and figuring and analyzing and you know kind of kind of strategizing. It's like, how about just learn how to soften and open, and then this compassion that can can naturally come for for this phenomena. You know, not so much as mine, but as something that is the human condition, is part of the human condition, right? So I think this is a wonderful sort of shortcut wisdom, sort of. It's not a strategy, but doesn't the mind makes it just soften and open and you get, you know. Um, but softening and opening is like has this sense of, yeah, wow, this is definitely not just this is what we this is what happens and so there you get into the n of rain the non-identify this sense of the softening and opening as a kind of oh this is human energy it's not so solid not so fixed not so it's past it's changing it's actually what is it what is this? It be, it's like it become we c- it's become we could become more able to feel the insubstantiality, the ephemerality, the um, impermanence of even something, you know, like a hindrance that can feel so charged, can't it? Feel so big, solid, real, that thing, you know, and so the opening and the softening, the accepting. And then this kind of opening to, it actually undermines a lot of the selfing, right? Because a lot of the resistance and strategizing, and I don't like this and I don't want this, and it's very unflattering and embarrassing and, you know, all the rest of it. It's it's um, the kind of, again, count, sort of counterintuitive in some ways. And also really important, this is not about flooding and giving into and being swept away in a hindrance. It's, it's a different, it's, I guess it needs a lot of steadiness and mindfulness and clarity about your intention that you're opening to be more mindful, not to be sort of swept away. So I also want to read you something from Bhikkhu Inalio, who, wonderful clarity. I think this is from his book on the Satipatthana Sutta. So he says, practice requires an ability to face the presence of a hindrance in one's own mind without immediately reacting to it 
by trying to push it away. Mistakenly believing that true meditation only takes place in the absence of any defilement. Right? I mean, really, I, I think this is very, very persistent. I see that in me, even though logically I know it's I like, want to get rid of this so I can get on with my meditation. So, isn't it? It's so ingrained. It's so sort of convincing. Much to the contrary, so Bikunalia goes on, really transformative meditation takes place precisely in those moments in which the presence of a hindrance is honestly recognized and made the object of one's awareness. Right, so I hope that that's find that so yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Hmm. So I don't want to go on too much longer, but let's see. Mm. So I'd like to maybe last thing to share is the a second set of the Buddha's similes for the hindrances and for being freed from the hindrances. So the absent, their absence. And again, so helpful, important to have that sense of um, the possibility and it happens that they are in abeyance, they are not arising. And being able to taste that, to recognize that, is as important as recognizing the presence and activity of the hindrance. To recognize its absence, its fading, its absence. Really interesting, it's like we don't tend to notice that, we just, yeah. So, and, and, and enjoy that, right? Enjoy it. So, being free from aversion is likened by the Buddha to be recovered from illness, free from illness. Mm. Being free from sense desire is likened to being free from debt. Sorry, debt. So again, maybe you can just get a flavor of the power, power of these. And sloth and torpor being freed from that is likened to being freed from prison. Skin, nice. And restlessness uh, is likened to being freed from servitude or slavery. Very, very powerful, like, yeah, the Buddhas. These very powerful similes. And doubt is likened to, um, or the, the, the absence of doubt, the ending of doubt, is likened to arriving in a safe place having crossed a desert. That's good. Like, yeah. Um, so, hopefully there's some, something helpful in that, in, in, there, in there. 
and this sense of the nature of mind is radiant and pure. Uh, is is obscured by visiting defilements. Yeah, just the sense of the yeah, the clear, open mind. It somehow feels closer than we think more available and okay so I'll close these reflections by sharing a wonderful image or it's it's kind of it's from Ajahn Chah who um, Jaya mentioned um, it's, it's kind of a like a cluster of, of images but I really love it and so just share this with you Try to be mindful and let things take their natural course. Then your mind will become still in any surroundings, like a clear forest pool. All kinds of wonderful rare animals will come to drink at the pool and you will clearly see the nature of all things. You will see many strange and wonderful things come and go, but you will be still. This is the happiness of the Buddha. So let's just sit for a minute or so. So may our practice deepen and grow and flower for our own long-lasting benefit and happiness and the long-lasting benefit and happiness of all beings everywhere.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.